0: Good Saturday morning, and if you would grab that can, Oprah, and let's open up this can of weekend in the outdoors. That's what we do here. Welcome to the show that helps you make successful and memorable fishing and hunting trips. It's what we do. You're also welcome to participate us through our text line. Text us your questions, your comments. Tell us who you are, where you are, and what you got going on this Saturday morning. We take, uh, also, we have some opinions that we like to hear about, too, and today we're going to ask you, based on your experiences, do you think that Louisiana needs to reduce the red drum catch to increase recruitment to replenish the species to keep up with what we're taking out? Well, the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologists, they do, they believe it, and they said so in a report to the commission, and they are in the process of preparing scenarios that will accomplish that and... By the way I'm looking at it, it looks like some of these cuts on sizes and limits could pretty be pretty deep on redfish. Love to hear from you. That line, by the way, is 504-260-1870. If you haven't put it in your favorites, please do so. 504-260-1870. As far as the hunting scene, tomorrow's going to close out the first split of duck season for both the east and the west zones here in Louisiana. How's it been for you? And how about you deer hunters? How are you guys doing? Communicate with me. It's easy for you from your deer stand while you're out there listening. Also, I've gotten some really good small game reports, uh, good squirrel hunting, and this year the rabbit guys are probably just getting cranked up, waiting for some cold weather. Personally, I had a hunt this week with five-time state duck calling champion Mike Smith. We went out to Delacro where he's been doing a little better than last year. Uh, we had a fairly decent hunt. We'll find out uh, what he's been doing since then and get a mid-season report also from Captain Ryan Lambert, tomorrow I'll be heading to White Lake for a waterfowl hunt, a lottery hunt, and I'll have a report on that for you next week. By the way, those of you who have been looking at my Facebook page and wondering what species of duck that was, that is what is known as a greater scalp is the official word. In Louisiana, they called called uh, Big Dogree. It's actually the dogree or bluebill or scarp, whatever you want to call it, but it is a bigger bird. It's actually a different species, a little bit different coloration on the head, much bigger bill, and a bigger body. They're pretty rare. We used to get a lot of them down here, and they come late in the season, and uh, fortunately we bagged one on that trip with with Mike Smith. Also, we got a a couple of bad boys that were sighted for an offense. We really haven't seen one of these in a while. We had a, a rash of them popped up a few years back. And I'm talking about people killing black bears in Louisiana, which was a threatened and endangered species. We'll tell you their story coming up. And by the way, that Facebook picture that wasn't very appetizing, uh, that's exactly what that was. That was a deteriorating carcass of the black bear that was illegally killed. we got a whole lot more about that story to tell you. Taking a look at your forecast, if you're headed out, I'm looking at the radar. There's some light patchy rain In and around Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, it's kind of scattered. You're looking at about a 40% chance of rain today, Uh, probably a little less tomorrow, maybe 30. Uh, Southeast winds, 5 to 10, 2 to 4 feet. That's the offshore picture today. If you're going to be inside, southeast wind, 5 knots with a light chop. Two things I want to caution you about on a day like today. If you're saltwater fishing, possibility of fog, and we'll get some more updates on that from our field reporters and also those pesky little critters that can really ruin your day. I'm not talking about mosquitoes. I'll take mosquitoes any day over gnats. This could be some gnat-type weather. We'll find all that out, figure it all out, and love to hear from you. Again, our text line is 504-260-1870. We're back right after this where we come to you via the Westwood One Satellite Network. You're listening to Outdoors with Don Dubuque on the radio network. All right, we start off Saturday mornings down in Shell Beach in the heart of St. Bernard, and we talk to Robbie Campo at Campo's Marina to give us the lowdown on what's ahead. Robbie, first things first, fog conditions. How is it?
1: Well, Don, uh, you know, on my drive into work this morning, it was pretty pea soup thick uh, through Miro and all through Violet and all the way down here, actually. um, I have a few duck hunters that went out this morning they better know where they're going because uh, I tell you, you you can't see, you, you know, you can't hardly see across the channel there. So it's uh it's pretty thick this morning, and um, with that said, you better have your night spray when uh when it starts breaking daylight. I can imagine because uh, I'm sure those critters are going to be out and hungry.
0: Well, that's the price we pay for warm up <laughs> conditions in December and light winds.
1: <laughs> you <know? laughs> You're right. Yeah, you're right, but I tell you, the fishing has been phenomenal this week. Um, you know, it, it did it did really well uh, fishing all this week, even though we had that front come through. that um, didn't stop the fish from biting. Um, you know, I had just a couple guides go out when that wind was blowing really hard earlier in the week, and man, they did really well. They did really well yesterday, and I tell you something, Don. You know, it's you know, duck hunting is, you know, because I got more people uh, coming out of here to go duck hunting, to go to that Biloxi Marsh area uh, over in the WMA over there. Um, it's not what it was, but it is better than it has been in the last eight years. Uh, so I, I tell you with this drought that we've been having, I think a bunch of those birds flew down this way and, you know, they they start, they killing some good gray ducks out there, you know, along with some teal and everything else. But I mean, you know, but they're getting some gray ducks out there, which we haven't seen in, in quite a while. So, um, you know, I, I think the duck hunting, you know, this year is not—it's not what it was, but it's—it's it's an improvement. I, I got to give you—I got to say that it's an improvement. So, um, with that said, if you're duck hunting and you want to go somewhere where you don't have to pay for a lease and you just head out to that Bluffy marsh out there and find your spot, so because it's—you know—it's forty thousand acres of open territory that. You know, you can hunt wherever you want if you find birds.
0: Yeah, and the good thing about hunting in the Plexi Marsh as opposed to hunting, say, rice fields and, and inland areas is you bring your rod and reel with you. When you finish early morning duck hunt, you can catch some speckled trout and reds on the way in.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You, you, do, you, do, you go do the blast and then you go do the cast on the way home. And, and uh, you know, if you get you a few ducks and you get you some speckled trout or redfish or whatever, you know, it's... It, you know, you got, you got two things to stink up the pot instead of just one.
0: <laughs> yep, and that's a good way to do it. Well, how's the live bait availability?
1: Live bait, we have plenty. we got, we, you know, we got plenty of live bait on hand. Everything's full. All we're doing is waiting for fishermen to show up today so they can come get some. Up. we got, you know, everything that we have is full of live shrimp right now. So if you're coming on down to St. Broad Parish this morning and you want to fish out of Shell Beach area, uh, Come on down and hook the left at the bridge and come on down and see us and we got plenty of life help. We'll get you overboard. We're gonna get you going and we'll have, you know have you out there before these other guys get out of line. So make sure you hook that left.
0: Uh Robbie I got people texting me right now and probably some of them are on their way down and didn't you know <coughs> get the right stuff for the Nats and they're asking about that thing that I recommend, that Victoria Secret sells, called Amber Romance. That's the best thing I've found, and there's some other good ones out there. Do you have anything for last-minute people to pick up there at the marina for that? Yes, Maybe we,
1: a... yes we do, we do. We have, we sell a uh, product from uh, at Mike Wiscoffer from uh, WeCam sells. Uh, you know, Mr. Mike, and with him yeah, we, uh, well. Soaps. And, uh, and we have a we have a stuff called Buzz Up, and I tell you what, that stuff works really well. So if you you didn't grab your offer, you didn't grab your Amber Romance or whatever, we got you covered.
0: Sounds good. All right, Robbie, thanks for the report, my friend. Help people be careful in that fog. Hope it clears up soon, and uh, we'll check in with you again next week.
1: Okay, Don. Talk to you later, buddy. Bye-bye.
0: All right, Robbie Campo down at Campos Marina. All right, taking a look at our uh, text message board. Let's see, we got a birthday today. Happy birthday to Urson. Urson, Pete, and Avon, they're going to fish the bridges of Grand Isle. Greg was supposed to go, but guess where Greg is? He's getting an early start on drinking for the LSU game. Woo, real early start. All right, uh, they're going to Golden Meadow again after the trial, too. Greg's going to get thrown in the water if he's in his spot, so be careful, Greg. I also got a good morning from a good friend, uh, Roland Cortez. He's up in northeast Louisiana at Dave's Bayou Lodge and Outfitters. Said the duck season up there has been real good. Our Alabama friend, the Backstrap Stacker, yeah, we got all these nicknames. He's checking in from Clark County, Alabama, as he usually does. Got a muggy morning up there. Yeah, all across the Gulf Coast. It's muggy and going to be warm. He's wishing good luck to all the hunters today. And we got a good morning from way up in northwest Ohio. WWL is my only thread to home. So, know someone is missing y'all and is sick for home. Yeah, I can imagine a Louisiana guy stranded up in Ohio. All right, uh, let's see. We got, uh, this one says, what is the name of that stuff good for the gnats? You said, sold at Victoria's Secret. That's from the big man Bassin. It's a product called Amber Romance, and it's available in both the spray and the lotion. I keep a bottle of the lotion in my tackle box. Um, it's the best thing I've found. It wasn't created as an insecticide. It was created as a, uh, I, I guess a, yeah, uh, <clears throat> it was for the the fragrance, almost like a perfume, and also a, a, I guess you'd say a body lotion. But somebody discovered it, and when you walk in and you tell them you need the stuff for the gnats, they know exactly. There's been so many people. There's some other good products. Uh, the one that Robbie was talking about, the buzz-up, you might want to try that. Some people say skin's so soft. I've never found that work. But whatever you do, when you're sweating, when you're dipping your hands in, that's why you need a bait net. It'll kill your bait if you put that stuff on your hands and you reach in the water. Uh, you got to keep applying it every so often. So make sure you have plenty of it. Those gnats are real pest. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll come back, and uh, we're going to get some more of your text messages. Also tell you what's going on with the redfish situation. We're going to probably see some deep cuts. Also, i uh, going to throw a little shout out to a gun show that's taking place this weekend. And, uh, Hope you'll stop by there. We'll be right back to talk about it after this on The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, I'll get to some of your text messages in a second. I was going to kind of hold this for a little bit later on, but I think now is the time to do it. Um, Talking about the redfish, I zoomed in to the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Commission meeting this past Thursday. One of the items on the agenda was to talk about the redfish. There's been a lot of... Uh, talk among fishermen, uh, some empirical evidence that redfish numbers are declining. The fishermen are just not catching and seeing what they used to, uh, pretty much demanding that something be done. Uh, the biologists conducted a pretty exhaustive uh, study and survey and had it peer-reviewed, and here's their conclusion. They say that the red drum is not overfished, which would mean depleted, but it is being overfished, and it's been going on for Almost the last 10 years, uh, it began a downwind trend actually 17 years ago in 2005, and the recent recreational landings are the lowest they've been observed since back in the 1980s when the redfish were really in trouble. Current recruitment is at its lowest level and has been declining since 1994. Recruitment means uh, allowing fish to escape the juveniles to become breeding stock. The escapement rate, they say, needs to be at about 30%. Right now, it's at 20%. Therefore, that means there's got to be some cuts done, whether that's in terms of the daily bag limit. That means limiting the size to encourage more release, Uh, maybe eliminating charter captain guide limits, which is actually only about 2%. Uh, The unknown factor of bow fishing's impact, they say they have no stats to be able to tell through science if it really has any impact one way or another. So they would need to keep or eliminate fish over the slot maybe. That's going to be considered uh, shrinking the slot size at 16 to 27. If you tighten that down, then more fish will have to be released. Maybe sacrifice the number of fish. Go from the present five fish limit to a smaller limit. All these things are, are going to be offered in scenarios, and this is not like speckled trout, which was complicated in its own right. Uh, there are hundreds of combinations, and I'm looking at some of them, and you can find this on the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries website, but if we were to keep, right now you got a 16 to 27-inch slot limit. What that means, if you catch a fish anywhere from 16 inches, at least 16, and under 27, you can keep five of those fish. One of your five can be over that slot, which is 27 inches. If we were, according to their study, to get, and they need a 35% savings reduction in the number of fish, and in order to accomplish that with a 16 to 27 inch, the present day slot, according to what I'm looking at, we'd have to go to one redfish, and that would allow one over the slot. If you took none over the slot allowed, no big fish. Uh, then at the 16 to 27, you could probably go to maybe two fish. It would be 34.2%, which is underneath that 35% goal. One would give you about 54%, so that would be plenty. But you're talking about to keep the, the slot size we have now, you're probably going to one fish, possibly two. Now, to keep five fish, you have to increase your slot size. Shrink it, in other words, 17 to 20 inches. That's pretty tight. You only got a 3-inch window there. And if you're going to keep one over the slot size and keep five fish, which is what the limit is now, you'd have to raise the slot size up to 19-inch and shrink the top end down to 24. So you'd be looking for redfish between 19 and 24 inches. So, and there are just hundreds of possibilities. You know, there's all kind of slots from 16 to 20, from 19 to 30, and then you're not looking at anything over the five fish. There's probably, I would say, most certainly going to be a reduction in the number, and maybe if it lands around three. Now, here's where the public comes in. The public gets to have their opinion heard. They're going to send out surveys by email. Those will be turned over to the Wildlife and Fisheries Commission, which they reminded me at the meeting that, uh, yes, this is a democracy, but it's a representative democracy where we have people who are in positions that look at all the information coming in, and they make the decisions for you with your input. So there's going to be some preferences that are going to be desired, and the commissioners will take all of that into account. And sometime uh, probably next year we'll be seeing – a notice of intent, like we saw in the speckled trout, that's under the works right now. They're looking at 13 and a half inch minimum with a 15 fish creel. Something will be presented and adopted for uh, oversight by the commission, and probably sometime, maybe late next year or early in 2024. We may finally see some actual changes in the redfish. Well, my question to you is: What are you seeing out there? Are, are you just agreeing with this that there's just not as many redfish, and what do you think the cause of it is? They're throwing out pogie boats, bow fishing, too many charter captains, kayakers. There's so many kayakers out in shallow water catching redfish. There's tournaments, which most of those are catch and release, but there is some mortality on that. I'd like to hear from you, five zero four. 260-1870 is our text line. You can do that, plus tell us who you are, where you are, what you got going on. We're going to take a quick break. We will come back, I want to talk about gun shows in the United States. Very, very important issue. Back with that right after this timeout. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, we got got fishing and hunting reports coming up from Mitch Juricich. We'll hear from Darrell Carpenter in Grand Isle. Captain Mike Gallo reports on Ponchatrain, Lake Bourne, Biloxi Marsh. We also have Brendan Bayard with your paddlers' report, and a couple of duck hunters, Ryan Lambert and Mike Smith, will get their mid-season reports. Uh, tomorrow wraps up the East and West Zone first splits. Uh, the West Zone actually has three splits this year, and uh, gives the ducks a little chance to rest and reload, and also the hunters and. We'll see how the season's going for them as far as uh, this part of the year. All right, uh, let's uh, take a look at uh, some of the text messages coming in. And this one is from our friend Ed over in Wilmer, Alabama. Uh, Ed's been uh, on the shelf lately, but he did get to hunt one day this week. But unfortunately, nothing was moving. Wildlife must have took the day off. They do that, Ed. They take days off too was good to be in nature. I know that. When you don't get a chance to get out there, you just got to get out there, no matter whether the wildlife is moving or not. I uh, hope you're getting better, Ed. All right, I got a couple of uh, requests for that product, for best product for the gnats. It's called Amber Romance. You will smell very sweet, so you might have to do some explaining when you get home and your wife smells you, but it's actually a, a very effective insecticide spray. Or lotion. It's available at Victoria's Secret. All right, uh, here's one. Thanks for the app. We can listen to you from Costa Rica. uh, Heading today for tuna and marlin and mahi. Unfortunately, we're missing uh, granddaughter's gymnastics competition in Hattiesburg. Uh, They always support Bella and her gymnastics. Well, good luck on the tuna and the the billfish. Hope you you bag some. All right, here's uh, Justin in the refuge. He's fogged in over there in Gentilly. Uh, oh, no, he crashed his car after 43 years of driving. Nobody hurt but body damage to the car. Uh, do Everybody do yourself a favor, don't crash your car. That might be the best tip of the morning there. Thank you for that, Justin. Uh, here's one says, I believe our natural resources are being diminished due simply to overpopulation of people. What are we going to do about that? That's Bro James in Hammond. Uh, that's a serious question, James. All right, we're going to take a quick 10-second pause for station identification. When I come back, I want to talk about the gun shows that happen all across America. We'll be back to do that. But first, we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Uh, this weekend, there's going to be a gun show. It's called Murphy's Gun Show, and it's going to be at the Castine Center, which is in Mandeville. It's right adjacent to Fountain Blue State Park off the main Highway 190 there, and. It got me thinking about these gun shows, and you may have seen some of the videos that I saw from China, and it's rare that these escape and get out, because part of the tyrannical government control in China is they censor what goes out about what goes on in China. And I was watching the people who are protesting. They finally had enough. They've been for three years quarantined, penned up with the COVID situation, and they're tired of it, and they want their freedom. And they were out there in the streets taking on the enforcement. I don't know whether it was military, police, or a combination, uh, who had shields and batons. And these people were defending themselves and because they were being trying to be forced to get out of the street and not protest, which is free speech. They don't allow that in China. And they were using pieces of tin and sticks and stuff. You know, and I'm thinking... Nobody over there has guns. And that's what happens when your guns, your gun rights, your Second Amendment is lost. And people say, well, you know, how are you going to defend yourself against a tyrannical government with a shotgun or an AR-15? Let me tell you, enough people with enough weapons, it would be impossible to go door to door and take that over. And it's important the Second Amendment, and to have these opportunities to buy guns freely at these gun shows of this type. And when they framed our Constitution, that Second Amendment wasn't to give hunters the right to go out and shoot squirrels. It was part of it. But it was also for self-protection of life and property, but also, and most importantly, what they thought, because they were very familiar with tyrannical governments, was resist the control of a tyrannical government. So if you go into that show today or any gun show, uh, tell them Don Dubuque, told you thank you and we appreciate you hosting those shows and letting us exercise our freedom of the second amendment to own purchase and bear firearms again that's going to be murphy's gun show casting center Man. just tell them don said thank you when you when you walk up to the check-in desk there all right, getting back to our text line here, one's, this one says Jay Bull. That's a new name, Jay Bull. He's checking in at the Big Branch National Wildlife Refuge. Deckhand uh, 1A is picking up the slack. The steel man is overseas, and the rest of the crew is in the duck capital of the world. Uh, Lou, my dog, got placed on IR, sliced a pad, open hunting the other morning. Oh, sorry to hear that. Lou will get better. Ducks or no ducks. Sausage and duck gravy on the menu <laughs> this afternoon. That's the attitude, Jay Bull. Good luck to you over there at Big Branch. And give me a good report when you when you come back. I'd like to know how's been going over there. All right, here's the text. Don is a sight fisherman. I feel like the slot reds are starting to rebound. With that being said, I would love to see the slot narrowed. I think the co- commercial take on our bait fish coupled with the loss of habitat, will have an unavoidable effect. I don't think it's necessary to harp on one user group, but a reduction in take will help weed out the folks who go only go to kill. That's Tommy Myla. And, uh, well, you know, the, the pokey boat situation, we told you about the bycatch, the redfish. It's, it's been proven. It's uh, obvious that they're taking a strike of the, of the big bulls, the breeders. And then when they come inshore, uh, illegally where they're not supposed to be they're also taking some of the juveniles all right here's one says i think diminishing redfish at least in the marsh because we have lost so much habitat to hold Reggio has lost so much marsh in the series of storms since katrina that is true also we're fighting a coastal erosion problem in louisiana we're losing habitat and again the remedy for all of these problems and shortages of fish is to reduce the take It's Pretty much the only thing we we can control. How we do that and when we do it, that's what's got to be determined. And and you'll start seeing that at some time, probably after the first of the year, you'll get a survey and it'll be asking you uh, what you think. And if you want to get a really good explanation, go on the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries website and check it out. It's all there in black and white. All right, we got uh, Rooster Peepaw Patrick there in Senla looking for wood ducks. It's hot, hot, hot and foggy, foggy, foggy. That makes it tough to catch those early morning flying wood ducks through the trees when you even got a little fog in there. All right, we come back after this. Miss Juris has joining us. we got a fishing report coming up from Empire right after this timeout. You're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, I'm traveling down uh, Highway 23. We're sending our camera down there. We're getting close to Empire. Let me see if I can see through the fog there. Move some of that fog, waving out. Oh, there he is, Mitch Jurasic, at the Delta Marina in Empire. Hey, Mitch, how you doing in the fog?
2: Oh, it's foggy, Don. You better believe it. You know, we we can expect that this time of year when it when it warms up after we had some cool weather. You know how it goes. So, uh, but anyway, it'll clear up after a while. We're gonna have a beautiful day down here today.
0: That's the good thing about fog. It usually has some nice weather once it does burn off and clear out. How's the fishing been down there? Man, I've been getting some really good reports from further down around Venice. Have your guys been going down that far? Are they fishing closer to home? No.
2: No, they're fishing close to the home, you know. Right, even in the river and everything, right here, not too far from Empire by Strickelots and all of that, by the gaps and everything. They've been catching, they've been catching redfish, speckled trout. It's just been phenomenal. In the back, when the weather's right, you know, behind Empire right here, it's just everywhere you go in the harbor itself. You know, we've been, there've been limits of speckled trout coming out the harbor right here. You know, in, inside the harbor by the marina and everything. Uh, it's kind of funny, you know, that when the wind's blowing real hard, people I look at the parking lot, it's like, wow, what's happening here? You know, people are stacking in. But, you know, when it's windy now, with the river low and the fish being in the river and everything, they just, uh, you know, they, they, the wind's not a, not a problem because they can they can get in the river, get on the lee shore, and and still, you know, catch catch the fish and catch speckled trout, uh, redfish. It's sad to say they're catching a bunch of flounders, you know, and they having to let them go and stuff like that. Well, I don't know if it didn't did it open again now. Is yeah, it, it's now
0: reopened. It opened this uh, week, right. of December 1st. So they can, if right. you catch that's, those flounders, you can keep them now.
2: Yeah, that's a good thing because, man, it was killing them to throw flounders <laughs> back after so many years of not catching flounders they were taking pictures of releasing flounders but it's a good thing you know we're seeing things on a rebound and uh even the redfish the size you know there was a bunch of undersized redfish a couple months ago well now those are making legal legal size and uh and it's really picked up it's it's looking a lot better you know i think the little slump for a little while was was hurting but but I mean, what we're looking at, you know they're coming in with their with their limits of redfish and they're re- being very conservative. You know they they pick it through and being sure, you know they're not overdoing it, and which is a good thing. You know it's 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 time to think, you know okay how many fish do I need? You know I think this this uh, speckled trout limit coming up will will help. You know when you catch fifteen speckled trout, that's thirty fillets per person. That's a lot of fillets. That's you know, a mean, lot. That's of a fish. lot of fish to eat. It, it sure is. is. You know. And, well and it's it's cool. good to uh
0: get the rebound on on remembering triggering our memories what happens when we get a low river it's been so long since we've had it but it just really right. does make the fishing good well, well let me get to something real serious you got a deer yet this year
2: not any don i went up for thanksgiving to go have thanksgiving dinner with the family uh you know i'm, I'm caught up in this during election <laughs> I'm just, yeah i know been, i know i've been doing this and i wound up in a runoff and it's uh and it's taking taking everything I got to try to you know I want to get over this threshold as soon as soon as December tenth comes win or lose I'm going to shoot me a deer <laughs> and they better look out because I got a vengeance I, I'm not going to be so picky this time I'm going but I did uh, I did spend a little bit of time in the woods getting the stands and all prepared I, I've just been really busy you know the marina's been yeah, sure. been doing really well we uh, we've had a spectacular fall uh, the restaurant's doing real well and. And you know, it's just, so it's kind of you know, but the oyster business has really been been off the off the charts as well. So everything I got going on is wide open. But I'm gonna take me some time here shortly in the near future, and I'm gonna sit the deer stand. My son, my son's sad. He saw all kind of deer, nothing to shoot. But of course, you know, as soon as he gets out the stand, six six o'clock in the evening, there's this picture of this giant buck comes out in the field. You know, it happens every year, oh, yeah. just like that. But we know what will happen during the rut. He seems to be pretty regular in this in this one spot. A, a bunch of you know nice, pretty, pretty bucks, but they're a little bit young, you know. But uh, we know when the rut starts. Our rut don't start to right around Christmas, so they, they better look out because Mitch is going in them deer woods around Christmas. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to have to come down and uh, have dinner at the Ponderosa. Who came up with the name Ponderosa? What a wonderful name for a restaurant.
2: Uh, You know, Don, back in the day, we had this place out by Shell Island in in a bayou called Bayou Canard, And my daddy, he grew the best oysters you could ever grow in Louisiana. You know, it's like a Barataria Bay oyster, you know. Uh, So, you know, but, of course, Bonanza, and we had some shrimp nets. You know, we used to have the bayou, and we had a big old net across the bayou. Back in the day, there there was very limited restrictions. So we used to catch more shrimp, more fish, more oysters, the best oysters grown in the world. Well, my daddy named it the Ponderosa because of Bonanza. Remember mm-hmm. the old, old show Bonanza? Sure.
0: Yeah, Hop Singh then, was the yeah. head chef there
2: and yeah, the cost right. Said. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So what happened was every you know, I'd say, All right, Pop, I used to call my daddy Pop. I said, Where are we going to work today, Pop? He said, We're going to the Ponderosa. So we built a camp out there and everything. So we called it the Ponderosa. I didn't realize, you know, so bring to bring back memories and bring back, you know, my dad passed away and everything. So when we when I we re- we re- opened a restaurant I said, you know what, I want to name it the Ponderosa after, you know, our our family legacy. Well, I didn't realize Ponderosa, if you define it in a dictionary, means home. Mm. So that even made it more heartwarming, you know. Like, come on home, come on home yeah. to the pond and roast, to have dinner with us, you know.
0: Well, that's a perfect name, and you got some great food, and uh, you're making me hungry, so I'm gonna have to break loose and get down there. Mitch, thanks well, for I'm the
2: report. I'm now, to get some <laughs> nice and salty.
0: I can imagine. Oh man,
2: you better believe it. I tell you, it's hard not to eat me a couple dozen a day.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, good luck on the deer stand, and uh, good luck on the election. Maybe we'll be talking to the next councilman next time we chat with him.
2: We'll see what happens, Don. We're trying real hard. Good, Great talking to you, Mr. I'm back. Though. Just give me a holler anytime.
0: Thank you so much. We appreciate it, Mitch. Mitch Juricic down at the Delta Marina in Empire. All right, coming back after this, let's head on over to Grand Isle, go a little bit west, and we're going to check in with Captain Daryl Carpenter. Get some foggy condition updates. and not so bad on the gnats over there. but I tell you what, where Robbie is, that is the gnat capital of the universe. Coming back after this, Don Dubuque, where you're listening to the Outdoor Show on Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, let's check in with Daryl Carpenter of realscreamers.com and get an update on the Grand Isle situation. Daryl, we got a lot. Uh, it looks like a... A falling tide till about 8 o'clock tonight. It's almost a full foot. We got uh, maybe some fog and light wind conditions. What can you tell us? Sounds like you're on the water already.
3: No, Don, we, uh, we've we been battling that flu all week. I'm on the road headed back down there. Um, but uh, we, since Thanksgiving, we've been battling that flu, and it had not been anything nice. But, uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's been pretty good. I mean, they had a few good days this week. Of course, we've been battling the wind like crazy. Um, The speckled trout are still deep in the marsh we don't have a there's some fog on grand isle this morning i can see it on my cameras uh it's not that bad though but what we normally develop around around grand isle is it's on the interior marsh and this time of the year the majority of our trips are headed toward that interior marsh so you know you're going to have to just kind of play it by ear you're going to have pockets of fog and and pockets that don't you just got to Make sure you got a good working GPS because everything looks the same when all you can see is five feet around you and everything's white. But, I mean, we have been doing – they've been doing some speckled drought in the marsh. It's been – we've been kind of running toward that north Barataria Bay area, you know, kind of up there toward where – I know you just got through with Mitch – kind of up there toward him that, you know, that Wilkinson Canal area, that that A5, those areas. And and when you get up there, it's a little bit of a different story. you got to get out of that – you got to get out of that summertime pattern where you've been doing oyster reefs and everything else all summer. You know, up there, you, you, you work in those current lines. Like you said, we got about a foot today. You work the current lines where they're coming through those cuts and those ponds and so forth, and the edge of grass beds. Um, we are starting to see more redfish, you know, kind of echoing what Mitch said. Again, the pattern's been, there still haven't been a whole, whole lot, not what we're accustomed to in that slot area. So they're either they're either just in that 17 to 18 inch range, or there's a whole lot of them that are pushing that 27 inch range. Uh, we we definitely got a good crop of adults. We just need to fill in a couple of those year classes. But other than that, Don, I mean it's the, they, they're real hard on on fin fish right now. So you know, live bait if we're using it, it's all cockle minnows. But I mean it's been. It's been worth going. You just got to be prepared for the weather, and then when it does come down, you got to be prepared for the naps. Because I don't, I don't know how bad they've got them over that Bretton Sound area, but I can tell you, five of them's, plenty. five of them's enough to deal with.
0: <laughs> Daryl, uh, you you know, act very active with Louisiana Charter Boat Association, and you've been a captain yourself for a number of years. What do you think is the the favoritism for keeping? Redfish over the slot. They've got two different charts with different scenarios on changing the slot size, uh, changing the creel number, and they're all based on whether you're allowed to keep one over the slot or not. How is important to keep that one over the slot to you and the charter boat industry and the customers, really? Uh,
3: my personal opinion, we haven't surveyed the fleet yet because all this is fresh and new. My personal opinion is it's not worth it at all. Uh, and, and you got to remember now, I'm a Grand Isle captain. I have seen the wanton waste that takes place on all these rodeos. You know, I, I've seen the, the constant harvest. You know, people walk up with a dead bull red, and they say, oh, this one ain't big enough to make the board. They throw that one away and go catch another. One. And yeah. let's just face it, wildlife and fisheries is incapable of, of, the, of providing the enforcement that we need to enforce all of that. There's just too many spots all around the, the, the coast. But I, I think at this point, I think a, a kill tournament, a a a keep of anything over 27, you know, I, I realize I'm talking to Don, which every now and then we want to get you one for the altar, you know, but uh, but I, I just I don't I don't know that it's worth it, Don. I would I wouldn't cry one tear if we had to give up the bulls.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, with the technology now, with everybody's got a, a camera in their phone. You take a good picture of it, you bring that to the taxidermist, you measure it, you know, maybe if you got a hand scale, weigh it, and then take good care to release it. You can get that fish mounted, which is the purpose for keeping it. If you're going to keep the fish, it's certainly not the best eating fish that's over the slot. So if we get past that where we say, okay, no keeping fish over the slot, then that's going to make it a little more generous on the creel and also on the slot size by eliminating it, keeping that one big one I'm with you on that. Uh, I think they're much more valuable back in the water than they are, you know, throwing them in the trash or, you know, taking what little meat you can get off of them. Well, after
3: what we saw on Grand Isle this past summer, uh, that was already on our agenda to start with.
0: We were going to start having some conversations about where we go keeping those to start with. Right. Darrell, thanks for the report. Be careful with the fog. We'll catch up with you again next week.
3: All right, Don. You have a wonderful day.
0: Daryl Carpenter, look him up, realscreamers.com. All right, our number one is done, 504 260 Our text board is open. More fishing reports and duck reports coming up on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.